Hey, how's it going? It's Chris from AudioBitesAndDoneRight.com. I wanted to take a moment before the episode to let y'all know that due to time constraints, JD and I recorded episodes five and six back to back. During the AudioBytes portion, I was having technical difficulties on my equipment, and as such, the recording on my voice wasn't up to my usual standard. For this, I apologize and ask that you continue to listen through the episode anyways because there is some great information in both episodes 5 and 6. The other segments are still the quality that you expect from us. Thank you for your continued listening and support. Now, without further ado, here's Audio Bites episode 5. Welcome to Audio Hey, welcome to Audio Bites, the show where we talk about all things audio and pretty much anything else we feel like. I'm Chris. Oh, yeah. And I'm JD. AKA Mr. Wiggity 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 Whack. Yes. <laughs> I can accept that one. I can accept that one. You know. Chris Cross will make you jump, jump. <laughs> Mickey 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 Mac. I used to do that all the time. We used to have contests <laughs> to see how long we could go. It's the make it 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 It's like wow. Nice, nice. Yes. So I finally came up with a good one, huh? Yep, yep, yep. All right, we'll see what we come up with next episode. Cool. But anyway, so what I want to kind of talk about today is a lot of people have been approaching me with mastering and. They put the the term together. Oh, so you mix and master, like as if uh, that's what everybody does. Yeah, and, hand in hand. Yeah, like uh, like uh, it's like oh yeah yeah I need a mix and master. Um, no no that's not always the case. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so today I, I kind of want to talk about mastering the different uh, approaches and ways that we could do it, and um. And also, like, whether or not you should send your stuff to a mastering engineer. Okay. Um, so, like, to start off, I mean, uh, I, I really, honestly, uh, want to start off with talking about sending your stuff to a mastering engineer and the benefits of that. Because okay. um, one of the biggest reasons is it's a fresh set of ears. Yes. It's, like that that's one of the biggest reasons that I like it because oftentimes when you're the one that's been spending so many hours mixing it or you have somebody mm-hmm. that's been spending so many hours mixing it mm-hmm. they're going to be a little bit affected yes and they're they're not going to hear some things and having a fresh set of ears actually helps you find out if there's something screwed up in there that you may have missed i mean it's always better to have somebody else listen especially somebody that listens in detail greater detail than the average mix engineer exactly um, like all the time that's like his that's what he does all day and and they're beasts they're like these crazy magical magicians of audio yes they have what is called the golden ears um it was a term uh, coined by some of the mastering engineers and 
their capabilities to hear sonic frequency, um, you know, greater than the average bear. Um, I remember first learning about mastering. Um, I did so many, I had so many, I had put together this book basically of internet articles from across everywhere from sound on sound to, you know, some of these other magazines that I would read, um, like mix magazine and stuff on mastering and why it was such an important thing. I myself began to start trying to master, but now looking back on how I thought that I was getting a good master just because I understood a little bit about multi-band compression. I, I did it. And I'm learning that with, you know, creating new stuff and hearing some of the stuff that's coming out on SoundCloud. Now it's like, how in the heck are they doing that? Well, <laughs> it's to, it's more than just them creating the song. They're not doing the song start to finish. They, they finish their song to the best potential that they have and then they send it to a mastering engineer which just takes it to an entirely different level sonically you know not necessarily oh, yeah. emotionally yeah. The, the music should already have the emotion but sonically speaking they do add things like presence and stuff that add to the emotion but they just really tweak it to a a, a different degree yeah and, and to be honest like i mean from a professional um like a, a label getting something done. Right. I mean, uh, you have different stages. You know, you have your writing session, you have your tracking session, and mm -hmm. the tracking session actually has a tracking engineer. Yes. Then it moves to the mix session, which, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, you have the mix engineer, which really honestly does a lot of the editing as well. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. then, uh, and then that changes hands to the mastering engineer. So you have, by the time a project is done, you've had at least three different ears listening right. to it. Right. And then the mastering engineer, he's the one with uh, speakers that are $100,000 a piece uh, sitting yes. on concrete slabs. To, and then like this room that has like, oh man, so much money in just the construction of it to make of the it room. perfect. And yeah. then he has these super fine-tuned instruments that you don't normally use in a mix situation because uh, it's really designed for that. And has special power, like even the power from the power company uh, right. piped in, like <laughs> special clean power to make sure that there's no noise being introduced uh, right. in, in the process through his analog gear or anything else to make sure that your project is where it really honestly should be. Yes. And yes. And it's like it's like the, the difference between uh, a, a Taurus and a Benz. You know, when it comes to, you know, the mix and the master, like literally, you know, you, Tauruses, they get up and they go, you know, and they have a really nice look to them, especially the 2013, 2014 Taurus. They really look really nice, you know, but performance wise, you know, the Benz is just always going to outperform because they have specialized, like you said, equipment, you know, and that's what made me kind of take a step step back was when I found out that the, the microphone that listens to their speakers when they're leveling it, you know, every mastering session, yeah. they purge, you know, the session that they did before, take time to get a fresh set of ears, and then go in with this $5,000 microphone <laughs> to level their speakers out. I was like, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. You know, yeah. that, that microphone is more than 
the the recording microphones that's that's out there is like re- yeah really you know so and, and honestly though I mean like the the different uh, uh, what you're gonna be able to hear on hundred thousand dollar speakers in comparison to like oh, my yes. uh, five hundred dollar for the pair uh, Personas Aris E8s I mean yes. uh, it's it's like yes. a nine day difference it is and it is but I mean uh, so. Yeah, you're really honestly paying for the studio, you're paying for the experience and everything like that. However, though, I mean, mm-hmm. if you're uh, wanting to invest and, and try to do it from home, I mean, there, there's people that get close, but I mean, I do have to say, just slapping a limiter on it is not, does not make no. it a master. And there's people that are actually charging no. people for mastering where all they're doing is like slap on the l2 limiter from waves and away you go wow and wow they're distorting the snot out of this stuff i mean you have to be really yeah careful yeah using this stuff but there's some great mm. plugins out there i mean like uh ozone actually has uh some great stuff waves has some great stuff i mean there's mm. um Fab filter has actually kind of shocked me lately. It's it's really uh, uh, this plugin company that has some really fantastic plugins. I highly recommend you checking them out. Okay. Um, and uh, like their their stuff is just in, insanely good, especially for the price that they charge for them. I mean, they're still mm-hmm. a little on the uh, slightly on the expensive side, but they're really really good. Okay. Um, Slate Digital is another company that has uh, really come up with some great stuff, and a lot of people yeah. are actually starting to use it for mastering, uh, especially the Slate FGX. Yes, um, that uh, is uh, like a lot of people really like that compressor and the low end punch and the detail uh, yeah. knobs on there. Um, and that's the cool thing about like mastering plugins is that each one has its own particular character to it. Yeah, um, and it and it really that's where knowing your your uh wealth of music sonically you know like what produces this particular sound uh me and chris dunn were talking about how people emotionally connect to music um and that's part of the process um it's not just sonically what you hear but it's actually understanding what the artist is trying to get a you know get across you know, you're not going to have the same master for uh, a ballad as you are for a R&B or a rock and roll or a rap master. And what I find nowadays is that everybody's trying to go for that hot rock, hot um, R&B slash rap master. You know, they just oh, want yeah, it loud. loud and more. Yeah. Instead of actually listening to the character of the song and having enough respect for why that song was created you know so and and allowing the dynamics because dynamics yes. really do bring in the oh feeling. my gosh yes and be it, back in the day if it wasn't loud enough they used their dang volume that's why the music sounded so good was because yeah. their masters were like what negative 1.2 1.3 on the regular db scale that's not even rms that's just yeah, the regular yeah, db peak. scale that's you know peak. And, and it's like, like I was l- listening to, you know, some of the stuff from Michael and it's like, gosh, this stuff sounds so good. But I noticed how, how much lower in um, peak value that his stuff was. And it's like oh, yeah. he had all those drums on there. So there were swells. They also did in the mix. They also did um, 
riding the fader and i'm i'm seeing oh, yeah. that yeah. coming back into popularity with automation like a lot of guys are really mixing their stuff heavily and with automation so when a peak hits they actually just automate it they don't even compress it anymore because they right. don't want to lose the value and the character and quality of that sound so I mean, even ridiculous. in Pro Tools, uh, there, there's uh, this beautiful thing um, uh, called Clip Gain, where you can actually go in in each different section and adjust it. And it doesn't—it's not automation or anything. You could write it as automation, but you can actually right. see the waveform getting smaller and stuff to where you can see how everything's matching a little bit more. And a lot of people are actually using that as opposed to uh, doing compression. But uh, yeah. some people still use that compression as more of an effect than anything yes and it should be that's that's what it should be used for um or if you just need to eke out a little bit more bass or a little bit more uh mid punch you know in your snare yeah. whatever the case may be you know compression is an effect it is not to be used to completely and utterly control the dynamics of your song if you have the capability to do so yeah. through automation or, or mixing then do that instead but, but you got to got off the topic of mastering. Yeah, no, it, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> but I was I was gonna uh, just say like uh, going back on the plugins, um, mm -hmm. there are certain uh, like quote unquote I'm using heavy air quotes here mastering plugins that yes. are actually really good to use in the mix. For instance, okay. the Massenberg Designworks EQ uh, MDW for mm -hmm. short. Uh, mm -hmm. That is a beautiful EQ. I mean, uh, now this is uh, something for additive EQ, not so much right. for your subtractive. Right. I mean, uh, I, I like to use the, the Q series uh, from Waves for yes. subtractive EQ because that that does not color your sound at all. But things that add right. color, I mm -hmm. like to use for additive. But, oh, yes. man, dude, the Mag Audio EQ. Oh, my <laughs> goodness, dude. They have the this... Uh, air that yeah. you can get yeah that just oh it blows your man. mind yeah man i i'm all about air right now it's because of the synthesizers that are being you know that are being touted from these artists it's like it's, it is everything is about synthesis right now and yeah. i'm it's like how did they get the air quality out of that sounds like oh yeah. my gosh um but there are other things that that you know you can use if you're on a budget um, you know, there are, there are ways, um, to get the sound that you're looking for. Um, one in particular that you had discovered and wrote about earlier and that was Lander, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was Lander.com. I mean, and it, it does a pretty good job actually. I mean, it still doesn't, you know, replace a mastering engineer, right. but I mean, I mean with the, with the settings that you can choose for, uh, your dynamics uh, mm -hmm. in there, like low, medium, high, it, it really does a pretty decent job, of, especially it, it, for it those that, that want to just present their beats, like say a, a beat maker that's right. wanting to put things on SoundClick or right. just to throw something up on SoundCloud for people mm -hmm. to listen to at a nominal level. Yes, and that, and that, that was the main thing. I actually tested out Lander um, you can go to soundcloud.com slash JDCTV and listen to three of the songs. Um, they're in the playlist called Messing Around. And uh, we're going to post that on Audiobyte. Um, I mean, not Audiobytes, but DoneRight.com. Yeah. Um, but it gives you a, 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 a preview of what it sounds like. And I'm actually going to create snippets to show 
you know, the difference between without Lander and with Lander. So you can kind of wrap your head around it. I've been seeing a lot of controversial posts about it, some positive, some negative about, you know, what it's actually supposed to do. But, you know, and, and the future of audio is really what that is, you know, at stake. It's like you can't replace the mastering engineer. And that's really not what it's supposed to be for. Right. It's supposed to be for people who are on a budget that cannot afford two to three thousand dollars for a project um, that aren't releasing to a CD and just need a good quality MP3. Um, and you can but get that for free with them. Quick tip, though, uh, on, on that, make sure that your your peak before bringing it in uh, yes. is at least at negative three dB, or I mean, at the most negative three dB. Uh, mm -hmm. Like your loudest peak needs to be there, or negative six dB will mm -hmm. will get you like an even greater result uh, out of yes. lander. Yes. Uh, and then go in and, and listen to the differences. But I mean, you can bring in like a 24-bit 44.1 WAV file, but all you're going to mm -hmm. get back for free is a um, 192 kilobit per second MP3. Yeah, yeah. And it sounds decent. You know, I I myself, whenever I output my MP3s, I output them to 192. I don't really go above that, mainly because I'm not really promoting my music um, per se. I'm just into the experimental things, trying to get back into music seriously like I was before. Um, but it, it definitely does a really good job. Um, most of my peaks were at negative five to negative six. Um, I didn't have anything above four. So I definitely yeah. recommend negative five or negative six. Um, I made that mistake. And this is the last thing I'll say. I made that mistake on, on my first album where I actually mastered my first album and then sent it to a mastering house. So mm. I sent them files that were at point one. <laughs> Ooh. on the scale Ooh. and expected to get a different sound. Now, they did increase the bass and my stuff, but I did not benefit because at that time I wasn't I I didn't understand and I my parents spent 2000 bucks for me to send that to Sterling Sound. And it was just like one of the one of those embarrassing moments where you're just like, "Oh yeah. my freaking gosh, what did I do? Like I've wasted all of that money, you know." So, just sure. know that when you're going to master Make sure that your mixing is no le no more than negative four to negative three. That's really hot. Really, you should be around negative five, negative six. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's definitely something to, important to remember. Now, uh, now all this, all the things we're talking about with mastering and stuff like that, that's actually something that we're going to define. It's a part of a process uh, that also is included in movies and television called audio post production. Mm -hmm. And so that's going to be our definition with a bad British accent. All right. Definitions in a bad British accent. Audio post-production. Audio post-production is the general term for all stages a production happening between the actual recording in a studio and the completion of a master recording. It involves sound design, sound editing, audio mixing, and the addition of effects. <laughs> and now to explain it in English. <laughs> that was awesome. Woo! That's awesome. Nice. Nice. <laughs>
All right. So audio post-production basically talks about everything that has happened after production. Yes. Uh, we talk about production as everything from... Um, <clears throat> Uh, from the music creation side uh, to the uh, the tracking, uh, all of that uh, uh, editing, mix. Uh, I mean, the editing portion is actually considered part of uh, the post-production process. Mm -hmm. This can be with music, film, video games, pretty much everything that... Um, is like on the tail end that yeah. if people were to actually watch us do it, they would fall asleep yes. within just a matter of minutes. Yes. I mean, it's the greatest lullaby ever for it people is. that aren't passionate about it. <laughs> but uh, that, that's pretty much what, what that uh, post-production process is, audio post. Yeah. And this time we had our special guest uh, reading that in a bad British accent. accent. His name is Keith. I've known him for going on 20 years now. Uh, we're doing a, a little special guest post. So I think he did an awesome job yes. with his bad British accent. Uh, oh, welcome yes. to the club. Cheerio. <laughs> cheerio. Cheerio. <laughs> Pip, cheerio. <laughs> Much love to all you uh, people across the pond. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So I want to expand just a little bit on audio post. Uh, Audio post is a, definitely a love of mine as well. Uh, it's how I got into video. Um, if you definitely love audio, it is a great way to segment in because it allows you to think past just the music. We talk a lot about music in this show, but audio post makes you think about sound design. So when you hear the dinosaur stepping down and you hear that big, huge rumble, there's somebody that actually had to create that on the post end. Exactly. I mean, uh, and oh man, the people that uh, track this stuff or the sound libraries to uh, put that together. I yes. mean, for the transformation sound for Transformers, chainsaws, power <laughs> drills. Uh, they recorded a roller coaster riding by. What? I mean, uh, it, it was crazy. Uh, <laughs> it, it's crazy. Everything that they did. And somehow, uh, and also like uh, chains clinking right, and everything. Right, right. So Somehow, some way, that all blended together with some synthesizers and everything into your transformation sound in these new Transformers movies. Yes, yes. So when you are sitting there watching Dinobot transforming into his uh, robot form, yes. then uh, all that was uh, incorporated, maybe a little bit more. How many hours do you think that they spent on something like that? Oh, my goodness, <laughs> man. Like, uh, honestly, that's kind of my dream job, man. Oh, my gosh. Like, all the, so what are we going to re-record today? Well, man, we need to come up with a Tyrannosaurus roar. So we need some screaming monkeys, a lion, a tiger, maybe a few bears. Oh, my. And, you know, we uh, we need to blend all that together. Uh, uh, See what you come up with. But, like, I, but honestly, though, like, I need, like, 30 lion roars taken from different distances. <laughs> uh, so can you get them while they're feeding them? I, I don't know. But, I mean, wow. it, that, that just sounds like so much fun to me. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Uh, I always, always love to uh, revel in uh, spe especially wind sounds. Um, I think that was the first time that I actually created something uh, audio post-production is I actually piece together some wind that I went outside and recorded that and rain. Uh, those oh, are my two. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll never forget, man. Like my audio post-production class. I mean, I, I, I mentioned it uh, in another episode, but like, uh, 
Oh, man. We had uh, this project that we had to do together. It was uh, the beginning part of the movie Scrooged. Uh, like, it's Lee Majors, <laughs> you know, like uh, as Santa Claus or uh, saving Santa Claus or something like that. Yeah. But like my job was I was the wind editor. Okay. Uh, they told me not to break it. But... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> nice little wind joke <laughs> but uh but the cool thing about it is uh and i mean this literally was that i uh spent 10 years up in north dakota so i know how cold air is supposed to sound and i pieced together and i automated it to where man you would swear you were in below zero temperatures wow that's awesome. awesome i loved it so i have a quick question for our special guest here what was your favorite sound in any movie or cartoon period like just give us an explanation man you really put me on the spot with that favorite sound in a movie um can i go a TV show? Anything? Anything. Anything? Because it was audio post if it was. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Let me see. Probably The Matrix. Um, one of my favorite sounds was at the end um, of the movie when Trinity died. Remember that part? Yes. Yeah. Um, and just how dramatic and how, how sad it was with the music and everything like that. And the, and the way they picked up on Neo crying and all the t and, and the emotion of the moment. That's one of my favorite movie moments of all time. But the fact that the sound and everything that went into that moment was so well put together. And I know a lot of people had a lot of bad things to say about Matrix Revolutions. I thought it was a great movie. <laughs> so haters can, can hate about that. But I, I thought that moment was very good. Just the whole the whole way they put that together. Yeah, so. I have to say that that was a good moment. Uh, my personal favorite was uh or just the the sound was the ships in id4 in independence day wow um, like just uh oh man it just gave me chills when they were coming in and that mm -hmm. i mean it, like the way they blended it it, it uh, just i was like oh crap <laughs> <laughs> okay i have two favorite sounds one which you will know, one you will definitely know, but be like, what the heck, okay? The first one was the Velociraptors sounds that they created in Jurassic Park. Oh, I was yeah. like, how in the heck did you come up with that? Just like, <laughs> they actually had, did you see that boy who could actually recreate the sounds yes. live? I was like, what are you doing? You're like 15 years old. And wow. you were spending your time creating Velocity. His parents <laughs> took him to a psychologist because they thought he was crazy. It's like, uh, yeah, you yeah. spending your time making these sounds is kind of annoying. The second one has to do with a cartoon series. And I would have loved to have been on the set to record the voices for Spider-Man, the 1967 series. I'm sorry, oh, wow. but, you know, <laughs> Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Does whatever a spot is just so jazzy. It's like, oh my yeah. gosh! Like just to be in that set would have been so dope. Yeah, uh, but yeah, even like some of those sounds. I mean, it, it's yeah. classic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or when he's when he spit it out of his uh, West Spinners. It's like, what yeah. is that? How did they make that sound? Yeah. And then of course the classic favorite that everybody knows but didn't know re really where it originated was Godzilla. Do oh, you know yeah. that Godzilla's gate was a gate? The Japanese went out and recorded an old cringy gate sound and then slowed the thing down to come up. It's like, really? That's yeah. what it was. Wow. Yeah. Now, of course, the new Godzilla is uh, 
That roar was dope. Oh, man. I still haven't even seen that. <laughs> what? But, all right. So that was an awesome definition. Best one ever. But next is the most awesome part of the show besides the audio part. And we are talking about Geek Chat. It's time for Geek Chat. Why did we do the fanfare? Because this is a historic event. Yes. Total, total historic event. We are doing our first, well, part of a show. Yes. Live, together, person to person. Normally we do this all over. over Google Hangouts yep, and everything yep, like that, yep. and uh, now, mind you, this isn't live. You're he- not hearing it like you're hearing it right this very second, but probably a week after we recorded yeah, it. Definitely, <laughs> just uh, just being real though. <laughs> but uh, Geek Chat though is live and living color. <laughs> in living color. <laughs> in living color. But <laughs> and oh. Uh, we have a special guest, as you just heard in uh, Definitions with a Bad British Accent. Um, and oh, he is so gracious to let us actually record live in his home. Yes. And, uh, and J.D., why, why don't you give a little introduction? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I've been knowing this man for a long time. We've been together through many, many a harsh time, many, many a good time. You know, we was there through Jam, you know, Michael Jackson and Jordan. Jam. Uh, we was there through Media Man. Uh, we was there oh. through Camp Nowhere, you know. We was there through. We 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 been through some stuff. I mean, Sister Act too. We was there, you know. We was there for each other <laughs> through those good times. We was there through the bad times, you know. The rejections, you know. You go thin the girl, you know. You know how you know how it was. Well. So, <laughs> preach it to the choir. <laughs> anyway, anyway. So we we decided to get together. I'm visiting in Atlanta. Both my boys are here. And it's just definitely, definitely a good time. So this Geek Chat, we wanted to kind of put put Keith on the spot. His name is Keith Eccles. Um, and, and have him talk about things that he feels maybe that are geeky. Now, we tend to talk about things from our past, such as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Captain yep. Planet, you know, and other things that we pull, pull from our past. You know, the, the, the Hammer Pants, you know, all of those yeah. things. That we feel are geeky. Hammer um, man, hammer, <laughs> hammer man. <laughs> oh, oh. Anyway, we're gonna ask him a, a few questions just to kind of uh, break the ice a little bit. So, Keith, uh, in your opinion, how do you feel, or what do you feel that you kind of follow still to this day that you feel may be a little on the geeky side? Man, that's a, another another good question. Uh, what's up, everybody? It's a pleasure to be here with my boys. Just having an opportunity to chat it yeah. up with everybody. What do I feel is geeky that I still follow today? Uh, Dragon Ball Z. Oh, oh. Dragon Ball Z. Just Dragon, <laughs> Dragon. It's probably about two months ago where I sat down and I watched the whole Cell Saga all what? over again. Man. Yeah, this is my favorite. My, my oh. favorite moment. Was when Gohan goes Super Saiyan two and just yes everybody yeah. still still gets it still gets me I'm like yeah Woo! yeah son yeah 
I, I know what's happening every time, but I'm still like I'm still hype over it. So yeah. Dragon Ball Z gets me to this day. Let me see. Any like old school nineties R and B. Like I'm I'm at oh, I, yeah. I work in a college environment, right? So I'm always messing with kids. Like, y'all don't know what music is. Y'all don't I know, know what music right? Is. <laughs> you don't know what music is till you sit down and you listen to a song. You ain't got no girl and you sit up there crying with boys and men. <laughs> Crying with Drew Hill, yes. totally whining, you know, doing totally the, you know, the boys and men lip shake. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't know what it's like to to really live life until yeah. you listen to music like yeah. that. So, you know, I, I still, while the music is good, I still think it's kind of geeky that I'm I'm telling young like eighteen year olds you don't know what music is. Like my yeah, my parents used to tell me. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, cartoons like I'm still into the Tom and Jerry. Nice gummy gummy bears on the old school Disney gummy Channel. Bears still, still down with that. Oh yeah, so it's a good show. Fraggle Rock. You gotta, oh Got to yeah. get down with Fraggle Rock. So then you know that's just some of the geeky stuff I'm still into. And and you know we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but the greatest Disney movie of all time, The Lion King. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I will still watch it and sing along today. Oh, man. <laughs> Dude, the first time I saw that movie in Blu-ray, oh, my goodness. Seriously, <laughs> it brought tears to my yes. eyes. Like, yes. seriously, it was so beautiful. That's still my favorite Disney movie, yes. hands down, yes. bar none. Uh, super artistic. I, I mean, and beautiful story. Amazing music. Yeah, see, and it's funny, man, because some people... Like Keith was saying that some people was trying to compare. He had not seen Frozen. They tried to compare Frozen what? to The Lion King. And I'm like, what, what are you doing? Like, that, no. there's no comparison. That's like comparing Dude. a Pinto to a Benz. It Man, just doesn't happen. I'm about to make a lot of teenage girls mad at me because <laughs> uh, personally, I thought even Tangled was better than Frozen. Thank you. Thank you. I agree. I, I agree. I yeah, agree. I was pretty upset with Brave. You know, Brave just yeah. had some some contingencies yeah. with me. Frozen was good, but it yeah. was good because Olaf was there, not yeah, because exactly. you know. And you know, the song that they sing over and over and over again. You know, oh. the only my only thing that the only thing that gets me through the day after hearing that song is going and looking on YouTube and typing in the Frozen song, uh, "Let It Go." Google Translate version. When you get an opportunity, <laughs> go look that up. It will definitely free your mind from the, the clutches and the grips of that Let It Go song, please. Oh, man. I, I will say there's only one cover of Let It Go that I, I can even stomach. And uh, I, I got to say it's actually quite creative. It's an Africanized version really? by... Uh, this guy named Alex Boyer. Okay. Uh, and, and he he does a really great job with it. But the funny thing about it is, is he only came up with the music. He didn't. He's not even singing it except for a few, ah, you know, every <laughs> once in a while. And then like, uh, and then it's this uh, girl from this uh, children's choir singing. And okay. The, the, the children's choir singing too. And like uh, the video's uh, kind of interesting. I mean, it, it really looks like they're walking through like these glaciers and stuff. Cool. Cool, cool. Um, but like that, that's the only one that I can actually stomach. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just saying, like people, uh, just let it go. Yes, yeah, but for real, for yeah, real, for though, real. You know, it's like for real. Let all, it go. It's not a coincidence that that's what the name song is called. Y'all yeah. need to listen to the lyrics. Just let it go, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. man. See, and he took me back so far. I was just like, oh man, Dragon Ball. 
I have the entire collection, and my favorite series is actually that. But my favorite moment of the series is when Gohan is being trained by his father. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah, I yeah. have two favorite moments. So my one of my favorite moments is when Goku comes back. You know, uh, Nappa is beating the snot out of everybody. <laughs> yeah. You know, Vegeta's yeah. over there sitting on the sidelines, and Goku comes back. It's just like, oh my god, he's here. <laughs> and I was just like, I was like reveling in the moment with Gohan because I could understand. Yeah. It's like, you don't understand, Daddy. I've been training with this black man for over a year. He ain't been treating me right. He ain't been feeding me the right stuff. I just, I just miss you. You know, it's like I understand. And yeah. then the second one was when the point that he was talking about, but the time before when Goku was training Gohan uh, in the time chamber. I yeah. thought that was one of the dopest uh, scenes, especially like when he does a little you know and he does this little kick thing i was like he is so dope like yeah. his look and everything was just awesome so what's, what's one of yours oh man dude i gotta be honest with you my favorite moment was when goku when goku finally released that dang spirit bomb i mean the, <laughs> like for like four episodes straight ah! Ah! Wow. like uh, uh, Will Goku release that spear bomb? Yeah. Like next episode, the whole episode. Ah! Ah! And then finally, it's like, uh, like, well enough, well enough. Come on, come on, just come on. And then, like, finally, ah! and big explosion, half the earth explodes, and everything. I mean, uh, I was like, Yes! Well, my my brother calls me out. My dad calls me out. Did you see that? <laughs> like, finally! That's funny. That's funny. Oh man! Yeah. Oh man! All right. So. All right, Keith. Uh, so uh, I, I'm definitely like a big fan of the 90s. You mentioned 90s R&B and everything like that. So like, what would you say epitomized like 90s geek for you? 90s geek. It had to be the clothing, man. It's the, the, the clothes that we wore. If you look, yeah. go back and look at pictures, I mean pants up to your to your <laughs> chest, <laughs> everything. Then I ain't doing it. Wearing clothes. Wearing clothes backwards, you know, the styles and everything that we, we wore back in the day. It it was cool back then, but when you look back compared to today, it's real geeky. But it defined who we were, just the way yeah. we dress. And I, I just remember, like, you know, the struggle, you know, sometimes it's hard as a kid when your parents couldn't really pony up the money to get you the clothes that yeah. you wanted to wear. Like but that you, cross colors that you yeah, really want to exactly, wear. Exactly. Everybody trying to look like crisscross or whatever the case may be. Um, but, you know, when you look back, it, it, it's just who we were. And there was we we had a lot of identity in the way we dress. And, and it's geeky now. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it really de defined as a as as a generation and I, you know, I feel like some of that is lost today but you know that's yeah. that's that's the way it goes yeah yeah i kind of feel the same way except the stuff that i see now that people are wearing is geeky yeah you know i'm, I'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i might alienate some of you guys guys but skinny jeans oh i was gonna say that <laughs> skinny jeans some things i just it's it's very difficult for me to stomach, you know. It's, it's yeah. I yeah. feel you know that that you gotta have some respect when you have another man in your presence. 
And I'm not trying to see everything. You know, I'm just not. And skinny jeans is just one of those things that I feel is geeky. But, man, you can't even see anything. <laughs> skinny jeans. Let it go. <laughs> yeah, that should be like uh, an ad on billboards, you oh, know, with, with the character from Frozen, Skinny yes. Jeans. Yes, Olaf. 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 Like- yeah, Olaf can be like Skinny Jeans. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> That's funny. Oh man, yeah. So that that is one. The other geeky thing that I see, which is actually nineties. Yeah. I, I I I can see where they're going with it. The fake glasses. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another thing. But I, I think it's a, it's deeper than that. Yeah. I think sometimes, you know, we may not feel like we're smart. Enough, yeah. You yeah. know, so when you, when you enter a room wearing that, those glasses gives you that sense of power, gives you that sense of ability. And I never had the ability to do that, but I did wear glasses back in the day. Yeah. And people automatically assign me a geek and even asked me to do impressions of Urkel. Yeah. Like Urkel was like my cousin, you know. Now, granted, mind you, my mama did make me wear suspenders. Okay. <laughs> okay. She made me made keyword made me wear suspenders. Okay. And church socks, but still made me wear those things to school because she wanted me to look quote unquote nice. Of course she didn't know what she was doing to my persona, but that's what some it was a part of who I was. And when I got with other people who are like me and understood where I was coming from, I think that's what kind of makes it cool today. And you see it in our generation. Like all the geeks yeah. are cool now. Like, yeah. All those people. It's all like geek chic now, <laughs> even. Like, I mean, dude, uh, how many people do you see walking around today? wearing Power Rangers shirts. Yes. I mean, seriously, like, all these people are wearing Power Rangers shirts. Or Flash. Uh, yeah, I mean, but, like, uh, seriously, you you go to a person and be like, oh, really, who was your favorite Ranger? The red one. <laughs> 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 like, they don't, they couldn't even tell you anything about this show. I nope. mean, like, uh, these uh, little, uh, uh, these teenagers now going to Hot Topic, picking up a, a Power Rangers hoodie, and then, like, uh, uh, they're, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is cool, because yeah. it's Power Rangers. Never seen a, a single episode. Yep, but, yep. like, back in the day, you would get uh, uh, the stuff kicked out of you uh, if you wore that stuff. Yeah, but yeah. nowadays, it's, it's, like, cool. Yeah, yeah. And, it was cool. I'm sorry. Tommy the Green Ranger going to the White Ranger was dope. I don't care what nobody yeah. says. Yeah. The dude right now got his own dojo, Dagnabbit. He is a MMA fighter and has actually won. I think he's, what, 20, 24 and 3 or 20? So, uh, actually, I think he's undefeated. <laughs> anyway, point yeah. proven. Being yeah. a Power Ranger had its benefits, okay? Yeah, not to mention he's uh, also a uh, Muay Thai master. What? Yeah. Uh, he has uh, he's an Arjan, uh, wow. like uh, basically the highest level you can get in Muay Thai. See, and that's what I loved about him. It's funny because I was looking online on YouTube and they had you know how they have the, the, the battles between oh, superpower beat down. Yes. yes. And the White Ranger won against Scorpion. Yes. An undead being. Yeah. He actually defeated. I'm like, what? You know, but. People, they don't they don't get that t- today. They don't understand what it was that we have now. They seeing all the Marvel movies coming out and yeah. all the toys. It's like, see, see, it was cool. What we had back then, it was cool. We, that's yeah. how we saw it in our minds. We were playing with the Transformers. We was like, y'all didn't see it, but we did in our minds. Oh, now, man. what you see in the day with all the technology, we can actually 
But, but the thing is, is like when even when they're trying to bring it back, man, they're having to make it dark and gritty. Like everything has to be like the Dark Knight. <laughs> Do I look like a cop? <laughs> like seriously, man. Like uh, I mean, uh, the, even now they're uh, they're. Uh, uh, Lionsgate is uh, uh, redoing a, a, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie, and uh, they're now mind you, the team that's doing this is the same people that uh, have done the Hunger Games. They've done Twilight, and that's the thing that scares me the most is like uh, Kimberly and Tommy Twilightish. Could you imagine that? Like, uh, I can't fight for six months because Tommy lost his powers. <laughs> I'm oh, so man. depressed. <laughs> Crazy. For the record, the dopest Power Ranger was Zack the Black Ranger. Yeah. And uh, I mean, who's missing a finger actually? Well, you know, that's why he's dope. He ain't got no yeah. finger. Nine yeah. fingers. He's kicking everybody's behind. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, I, I'm not gonna lie, man. Uh, Hip hop keto was dope. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. hip hop keto was what, uh, what it was all about. That's yeah, cool. Uh, but he he does make a lot of uh, uh, jokes about certain references though, because the black ranger was a black guy, the yellow ranger was, uh, was Asian. Yeah, you know yeah. Uh, that uh, that was a whole thing. Uh, but since then, there has never been another uh, black person playing a, a, a black ranger. I yeah. mean, like the next time that we actually had a black guy on the show, he was the leader. Yes, <laughs> yes, he was. And they've done that, you know, across multiple things. You know, when you look at Justice League Unlimited. You yeah. know, and you see how they're they're shifting uh, to different uh, races. And I think that's some of the coolest things that they could be doing for this generation and really showing the diversity. You know, yeah. uh, Aqualad is no no joke. This no, dude no. got some stuff I didn't even know. I'm like, OK, I need to go to Comic Vine and do my research because oh, this dude man. is awesome. I mean, I have my my favorite few, of course, Icon. You know, who's yeah. nearly as powerful or more powerful than Superman. They don't know yet. That's something that has yet to be tested. Yeah. You know, and then you have uh, people like um, Hardware and Static. They were kind of like the Oh, Static Shock. Oh, my yes, goodness. Man. Yes. He was dope. And then the Black uh, the Black Panther from the Marvel series, which I'm very excited that he's going yeah. to get his own movie spinoff there yeah. in the works of now who's going to play that character i don't know i have my my choice picks but you know we're not going into that yeah. but still you know being able to to like revel in that and it started with people like captain planet you know where they had all of those uh different Let's races. i was combined <laughs> uh, mind you he also played geordie laforge on star trek yes. the next generation and a lot of people didn't know i didn't know that i was just yeah. like yeah reading rainbow really but wow. also he was the leader of the captain planet team too yes yes he was that's cool that's cool yeah cool cool well this has been a very interesting geek chat i'd have to say man. yeah yeah it's been it's been a lot of fun and uh you know keith it's been a pleasure having you on uh on this episode of geek chat and uh, you did a brilliant job on definitions <laughs> oh brilliant <laughs> absolutely brilliant brilliant um, i appreciate y'all letting me tag along for the episode and you know, very glad to have you in my home. It's been awesome hanging out with you folks. Oh, man. So we want to know uh, what kind of things y'all find uh, uh, geeky that y'all still follow, uh, that you appreciate, that you love. And as always, please comment, share, have questions, ask them. We're yes. here. We're going to answer them. Yes. Uh, what would you like to hear on the show Audio Bites? Yes. Are there any uh, questions that you want? Are there tutorials you want? Yes. Uh, please let us know and uh, like, share, tweet. Everything uh, at done right 
at underscore JD Compton. Yes. Uh, check out DunRight.com. Lots of uh, uh, great information there. Cool. But uh, that's been it for Audio Bites. Uh, yep. This is Chris. And this is JD. See y'all. See ya. See ya.